Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Yeah. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am Chickity Chuck. And I'm Godless. And uh, this we is all. your weekly examination of all things metal that we post on Mondays here at MetalSucks.net, as well as on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can uh, tweet us and all that stuff. Uh, let's see. Your what, what, what the hell's your I'm Twitter at handle? at Godless Speaks, all one word. And lots I'm of uh, at Bearded Ape. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I did last week. On the podcast, we talked about some... I had a little brain fart about dynamic range. Uh-huh. I tweeted a thing about it, actually. So Did you? you need to go go to <laughs> Adbearded Ape. There's a... Yes, because I was I was on the right track. Yeah. My brain was just not... Yeah. Not, it was not all there. So what, what are we talking about this week? This week, oh, we got all kinds of stuff, man. We, oh, yeah. got, we got Aaron Beam from uh, Red Fang on. They're just, you know, hot off of uh, Letterman. But we talked to him way before that. Before yeah. they were big, man. Now they're huge. <laughs> we got them beforehand. So we got to talk to Aaron Beam. Uh, back when they were doing their tour in the fall, so it's a little bit, uh, you know, over there. But but it's actually a fun little chat uh, that we get to talk to him when they're here in Austin at the uh, at the Red Seven. So we're going to talk to Aaron later in the show from uh, Red Fang. We're also going to talk about I don't know which order of things we want to put it in, but I, we got to talk about Jason Newstead. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about Jason Newstead. We got to talk about Dan Lolker. Like both those things in weird ways kind of relate somehow, but I don't know. I don't know how it all ties together. Yes, yeah, Newstead about his band Echo Brain and not getting management, yes. right? And then and he's then Dan guy. and Dan Looker, brutal, brutal Truth, has announced that he's going to stop on his fiftieth birthday. I know, which is just weird. Birthdays, birthdays do that. They make you do weird and dumb things. <laughs> Trust me, I'm where I'm. I'm so the, January twenty fourth. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it right now. It's going to be. I'm going to broadcast my my terrestrial radio show live for uh-huh. my birthday, which is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Because it's, <laughs> it's just what's stupid about it is is that I'm creating all this extra fucking work for me to do for uh, my birthday. Yeah. It's like that's great. Yeah, I need to do a little more work. Hey, asshole. Dude, delegation is the key to management. <sighs> uh, yeah, whatever. I do it all myself. This is heavy metal, bro. So, like, if anybody, if you are anywhere near Austin, Texas, yeah, on, on January twenty fourth, come out to uh, the Homo. Yeah, the Holy Mountain. It'll be fun, man. <laughs> We're gonna do actually get some metal karaoke going on. So I, yeah. I, I found some dudes that did some metal karaoke. Yeah, the, you did. Yeah, they actually it was on Facebook. You, oh, awesome. So, so got some stuff for for some people to. Do. I it was funny. I've got uh, Venomous Maximus is gonna be the band that's playing. Uh huh. And they're they're actually you know they're signed now and they've got a ma- pretty major label album out uh and it's it's pretty good stuff and what's really funny is that the the bass player's like hey save holy diver for me man <laughs> <laughs> like, like hit me up like emails like serious you save that song for me but, but nobody you, else is gonna do that but, but you're me. not singing the dio catalog like, okay bro no hell i'm not singing holy diver i know that for yeah. sure like shit! All right, cool. you got to go obscure. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do some Black Sabbath stuff. Some Dio era Black Sabbath yeah, stuff. But that's which, not real Black which, Sabbath. Which, according to Zach Wilde, is not real yeah, Black Sabbath. Right. We're gonna we're we're gonna be talking to him here coming up soon because he's got a new album. Yeah, if he doesn't mistake us, uh, I think it'll be fine. I think it's gonna be good, dude. I love the fact that after last week's show, we're sitting there talking about 
your birthday party. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be great because it's going to go to like 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go to bed at like 9.30 p.m. as usual. And then at 6 a.m., I'm going to pick you up and we're driving to Miami. Yeah, we're, we, we changed our mind about that. <laughs> I love that we... <laughs> I started think, I started thinking about that. I was like, you know, I'm going to be really hammered that night. That's This is not going to turn out good. If I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna even survive on seventy thousand tons of metal, I need to have at least one night of sleep uh-huh. before that trip happens. Uh-huh. Especially be- between that and yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, yeah so we're flying now to Miami. Yeah, we're flying to Fort Lauderdale because it's uh, cheaper to fly to Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> is what I found. Jeez, man, that was like the it was a difference of. I, well, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it was weird how 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 much of a difference the price was between those two things. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah I th- really I said weird. that when we were originally planning. You're like, no, 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 flights are too expensive. Uh, man, I think of air airfare, and I'm like, no, nah, whatever. And I don't think about flying into smaller airports and stuff. I'm like, I'm flying here. I'm flying to O'Hare. Uh-huh. You fly to O'Hare, it's going to cost you $12,000. <laughs> you fly over to Midway, and it's going to cost you $10. Okay, all right, cool. You know, I don't ever think about that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, eh, what, what do I know? How cool is it that uh, they've announced some new bands for 70,000 tons? You got oh, it. I'm super excited. Yeah, I know. Death to All. Yeah. Dude, that's going to be awesome. Cynic. Uh, you know, I think for like the two weeks before we get on that boat, I think I'm just listening to the Death Catalog. I think what I've, uh, well, uh, and we mentioned Paul Mastival last week mm-hmm. on the show, and I was like uh it's meant to be yeah it's meant to be yeah and we're talking to him hopefully this week so we'll uh, see what stars. happens yep, yep, yep. Yeah. so uh, looking forward to the to seeing cynic and carcass and obituary oh, and, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be insane man yeah <laughs> you you're gonna see the morning shows i'll see the night shows yeah. all right all right cool <laughs> I, know, I know how this is actually gonna work out uh, I'll be at the buffet. And you'll be at the casino. That's <laughs> done and done. Uh, what are we going to talk about first? We're going to talk well, about. Let's talk New Newstead. Man. Talk Newstead. Yeah, because Newstead has this. All right, he did what we always hope would happen. Always, I know. Whenever, I could, whenever anybody does an interview with a band yeah. or anybody for that matter, if it's a if it's a head of state or uh-huh. whatever, the one thing any interviewer wants is the, you know. I don't think I should tell this, but I'm going to tell you. Yeah. The exclusive. You want the uh-huh. thing, the thing that everybody's going to talk about. You want that thing, right? And I don't know who the British douchebag was who got this out of Jason Newstead, but he did an excellent job. Uh, dude, yeah, I know. It's, and I don't know if it was just like time that Newstead wanted to talk about this or what. Like if it was the, uh-huh. yeah, something he had in his mind that it's time to talk about it. But yeah, what do you think? But sets, it turned out. What do you think that sets a guy off to kind of go, okay, I've kept this inside. Now I'm finally going to say it. Well, no, or is it? Is that I? I always think about it in the respect of that's our job. You know, that's our job as an interviewer to to set it up to where you can either you know make it comfortable enough that uh-huh. they're gonna that they're gonna divulge this stuff and forget that the camera's there, forget that the microphone's there, or you know, like you you want to make it you want to make that sort of happen. And do you lay out your questions to kind of lead in that direction or? You know, because there are people that were t- telling us about like our Mustaine interview last week. It's like, no, you're just trying to get him to say some some shit. You know? Hell yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's Dave Mustaine. Yeah, what's he known for? Saying some shit that's going to get him in trouble, right? You know, and, and he didn't and, with us. And actually, the thing the thing about it is, is that you know what we wanted from we're just asking him about you know stuff he said. Yeah, you know more more than anything else. So 
Well, and and really, but you, but he also had somebody there to make it so he didn't yeah. say that stuff or didn't come too far out of the box, yeah. you know, and try to keep that puck. Somebody he's paying to do that exactly, and that's yeah. what they're there for. It's designed for him to kind of be corralled at least right. a little bit. So Newstead probably doesn't have that guy. Yeah, you know, most likely. Yeah, he's got a lot of money, but he's not going to waste it that much on I mean, his solo album. He, yeah, or his uh, his new project Newstead. Right. You know. So yeah, it's I don't know. But I don't think that, like, A, it's definitely not planned. It's not like he sits down and, like, I'm going to tell that one story I haven't told. That definitely hasn't happened, right? No, no. But you, He's you, not thinking about it that way. But what yeah. he is thinking about is there's something going on in his life or in his, uh, uh, I don't know, something going on where he's like, you know what? I feel a little more comfortable telling this story than I used to. Mm-hmm. And that lets him say it, you know, and or or is it a matter of he's he hasn't been asked that question in a long time? Yeah, you know, because the thing is, is that when you get in front of rock stars, quote unquote, a lot of time people are afraid to ask that question, right? You know, they don't, and and that's old, that's old news. But doesn't you don't know, you think that that question he asked, which is, do you remember that moment when you said I'm done with Metallica? That's got to be, like, that would be the first question I'd ask Jason Newstead. I mean, I would imagine everybody would be asking him that question. I can't believe that. I like, mean, but you, but the thing is, is that you've been, and the other the other part of that been, is. It's been so long since he left that. Exactly. It's, okay. and, that, and that's my point is, is that it. that's 20 years removed now or is whatever. Is it that far? Okay. No, was it that? No, I guess it was no. like 2001, wasn't it? Or, yeah. All right. It's like 10 years. So 12, 10, 10, 12. 10, 12 years, whatever. It, it, so, I mean, it's been quite. It's, it's quite a while one bad reality show oh <laughs> oh <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but really i mean it's like but this is the thing too it's like it's not like echo brain is something that he's working anymore so just to recap he, he gets asked what's the moment that you quit metallica and his response is i uh, was got all this interest in my band echo brain from metallica's management and hetfield shut it down and he- I was handing out my Echo Brain CDs, some sort of Metallica event, and Hetfield took me aside and said, what the hell, dude? What the hell do you think you're doing? And I was like, well, I'm just sharing my music. And Hetfield's like, uh, dude, you plan on selling t-shirts too? And he's like, well, yeah. And Hetfield's like, you know, you can be replaced. And that was the moment when he goes, be replaced. I'm out of here. You know? Yeah. It says, let's see. Try to quote him here. Uh, quoting uh, quoting Newstead is like I think pretty much. Uh, I don't know where we go here? And Jan- <laughs> I can't read. I need my bifocals. <laughs> damn it, son of a bitch! It's time for new glasses. Actually, <clears throat> I'm going to read in my best Newstead voice. Actually, I don't even know what Newstead sounds like. <laughs> you know, like his voice. Uh, you know, um, hey guys, let me back in the band. <laughs> no, that's Kirk. Let me back in the band. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Jetfield or uh, Headfield heard about uh, heard about it and was not happy. He was, I think, pretty much out to put the kibosh on the whole thing because it would somehow affect Metallica in his eyes. Because now the managers were interested in something I was doing that had nothing to do with him. "Quote unquote" is what uh, is what he said, which seems like, I mean. Uh, from uh, Hetfield's perspective, that seemed, um, it, it seemed, I don't know, that seems far-fetched. Totally far-fetched. I mean, it, it, I don't it, know how, how Hetfield could feel threatened by Echo Brain no. or anything Jason Newstead did from the Metallica camp. I mean, And you know why? Because he owns a copy of No Place for Disgrace. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a Flotsman Jetson oh. reference. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, there's there's I could totally picture Hetfield making doing what he did 
and saying something similar to what Newstead says he says. Mm -hmm. But I can totally see the motivation being different, right? Like, I can totally see Hetfield going, hey, dude, you're trying to weasel in on something I built. It took me a long time to get to some huge management company like Q Prime. It took me a hell of a lot of time and energy to become a successful rock band. You don't just jump on. You don't just jump on this thing and leech it. The Metallica train and get what you want out of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, you know what? I kind of respect Hatfield for that. But I think, it's, I think it's also sort of indicative of what has always kind of been with Newstead. Uh, in the band, and if you, you saw that in like some kind of monsters, he's never really been part of the band. Yeah, which is tough. Yeah, you know, he's man. never he he never really was part of that group, uh, and and he just never got brought into the fold. And I dude, think, you, you know? look at the Garage Days uh, revisited album cover. You know that fo- that iconic photo. I mean, Newstead's the best looking guy in the band. I mean. <laughs> let's be honest right i don't know I, after th- uh, that grammy thing i was uh they they were there i think metallica's playing the grammys this year and they were showing us stuff from 20 years ago when they were on the grammys and the, dude those guys are good looking man yeah with the hair and the stuff <laughs> and it's, it's boom it's like damn you guys are rock stars man that was awesome but and then, y- then they he, cut their hair i don't think it makes newstead's story just makes no sense all right i totally no, no, get I, I think it I, may, tot- I think it makes sense but i think it's uh, i think it's just you know through it's it's weird prism yeah exactly yeah. it's like he's looking back on it through time and and he's seeing his own part of it and not hetfield's perspective of it like he's but, like but kirk, i mean kirk hammett called the echo brain a uh, album a diamond and it's like yeah it should be left in the ground until somebody else can <laughs> dig it out you know that's a yes because like do and you have then, any echo brain to play on? no <laughs> yeah. no i don't yeah Sorry. i'm curious i never heard it i have uh, no idea I, I, I have no idea i don't even know what's out there if echo brain well, was so great Newstead's got the resources to keep it alive forever. It doesn't matter who else is in Echo Brain. Just go and continue to do it. But no, we, it was a failure, so therefore he did Newstead instead. And it wasn't a failure because he didn't get Q Prime management. It mm. was a failure because... It's a bass player's project. <laughs> probably, <laughs> So yeah. there you go, okay. Man, well, I feel so bad for Newstead because it's like, I, in, in, in many ways, I mean, obviously, he hit the lottery. You know, yeah, you, right. The I mean, dude never has to work another day in his life. Just being able to jump in on on a band like Metallica, yeah. You know, I mean, but at the same time, he didn't. He didn't because yep. it's such a it was such a hard road to hoe right after Cliff Burton. I mean, it's yep. just he he had such big shoes to fill yep. as far as a bass player is concerned, and in a bass player in a metal band of all things. You yep. know, it's like really how's, right. how's that? But he had such huge shoes to fill. But he did it. So and, and he did it and he did it really well. Yeah and. You know, they just didn't. I don't know. He just never got enough credit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just never got enough well, credit. Well, it's kind of like, he, it, he, you know what? He's kind of like Webster. You know what I mean? <laughs> he got on the show. He has that perfect okay. look for that show. It worked for that okay. show. The show kind of, he got taken off the show and he can't get a job on another show because everybody remembers him yeah, as Webster. Webster. And he looks totally, you know, to me, he comes across as totally frustrated that he can't, like, do something creatively that feels really good again. Yeah. Because I don't think he was able ever able to be creative in Metallica either. He you needs know? to do what the rest of us do. Just go into radio. It's like, be done with it. Start talking smack about everybody else. Why? Because I can't do it myself. He's another dude I'd love to talk to. You know, I, I mean, and, yeah, and for already, a long time, because he's he, probably got stories. To he's do. already said everything he needs to say. He doesn't have any more stories. That obviously, he, I didn't he does. want to tell this story. but Yeah, you know, but obviously he does have more to tell. Uh, something. I don't know. It'd be interesting. But then we got to talk about Newstead. And I don't know if I would like the band Newstead. And well, I don't, I don't really want to get I haven't that. heard that either. <laughs> well, uh, uh, let me tell you a couple things about it. 
I don't know. A lot of people actually, you know, shined onto it. I'm not See, that's the thing honest. is, I don't think like he can do anything and have people like, you know, be objective about it. No, I think that's true too. Because, uh, but you get to that level though, and that's you're just gonna fall victim to that. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is. Yeah, you get to you just. Yeah, this is the problem. He got hired from Metallica. The gravestone is already made. Mm. It's stuck up where he's going to be put in the ground, and it says "former bassist of Metallica." Yeah, it's and a, there's, par- parenthetically, that's what he's always going to be is the former bass player for Metallica. And and there's no way to get around it. The mm. only person in the history of rock and roll who's ever been able to get out from that is Dave Grohl, and his lead singer had to shoot himself in the face. Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much. I don't know. Hetfield's got a lot of guns. <laughs> Uh, all right on that note we need to get (laughs) that was not my prediction for 2014 by the way no no he's gonna shoot he'll shoot lars a hell of a lot sooner than he's shooting himself (laughs) right yeah i saw some kind of monster Uh, all right we gotta get into our interview with uh aaron beam from uh red fang man congrats to those guys man they're doing really good i was really happy to see them on letterman they they did an amazing job actually it sounded great like it was a really good performance uh but we were happy to have uh have aaron sit down with us uh pre-christmas break and uh and chat about all kinds of different stuff like uh you know being a, a former biochemist what seriously he was a he was a biochemist check it out red fang on the middle Sucks podcast So first, I gotta say I have a love ra- a love hate relationship with you guys. Okay, me too. Because <laughs> love your music, uh, but I spent two months drinking nothing but Tecate and Pabst to make <laughs> my friend a Halloween costume. Oh my god! Made out of nothing but fucking beer cans. Wow, that's commitment right there. I know. I would it, just say, look, buddy, go search a dumpster, and then you can figure it out on your own. <laughs> well, I want to welcome you to the podcast, man, Aaron from uh, Red Fang, dude. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time, dude. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You guys are like like what, this is like two or three albums in, and I mean, you guys don't look like you're 22 years old. No, you kind of uh, got a late start on this. What? What's I the am story 22. Here? That's the thing that's depressing is that I don't <laughs> I don't look like I'm 22. Yeah, this is our third record. Just came out in October, and uh, I turned 40 at the end of August. We've all been playing in bands forever, but those bands were went mostly unnoticed partly i mean especially the bands i played in uh i think i'm doing large part to the fact that they were um not very good so uh that would have something to do yeah okay um yeah i mean we just kind of i guess kind of had a sort of magic formula with the people who were in this band and uh we weren't setting out to you know the goal was not to get to the point that we're at right now i think for me anyway the goal was really just I could just do one U.S. tour. I'd never done a whole U.S. tour before, and that was all I wanted to do. And then, you know, and then we started bugging our buddy to make a video for us, and the video came out, and then just life totally changed. I uh, literally was just saying at dinner, I was like, it, it felt like watching that video for the first time yeah. that you guys it got to a point that you just let go. That it was like, okay, we're we're not we're not trying to to dominate. We're we're trying to have fun and and make good music, but. Yeah, I mean that's where the music. Yeah, exactly. That's where the music side came from. Was just we um, had all been so 
self-conscious in the bands that we were in before that were you know we were just trying too hard to do things that were challenging or uh maybe even hard to listen to and then we decided just to get back to the roots of what inspired us to play music in the first place which was a lot simpler music so um i guess it's you know there was a reason why it it called to us in the beginning and that it's sort of it's had the same effect on i guess more people around the world than any of the other music we made before that when you're when you're playing like like with this lineup and you you know you start to jam it do you have that thing click off in your head like oh wait this is maybe this is the one i mean because because we hear you for the first time and we go Oh, how this is undeniable, and it seems like you mean the you first. You mean like album, when we're when we're writing well, writing no, I mean, music when you or first got together, and oh. you, you know you've had frustration after frustration after frustration. Did you feel a difference? Uh, not exactly. I mean, the band. No, I would say probably no. I mean, the band uh, just prior that preceded Red Fang was called Party Time, and it was a band that everybody everybody who's in Red Fang except me was in, and that band had already sort of taken that first step towards just writing music that was a lot more straightforward and i mean they were called party time for a reason they were just like screw all of this overwrought you know overthought music and let's just party and uh so they'd already kind of set the stage for it and i was really attracted to that and then it was really exciting for me to play with david and john but um i don't think that i really felt it honestly until when we wrote prehistoric dog i knew that that song i could just tell that that was suddenly we'd reached you know we'd broken through and uh, we're doing something that was gonna, you know, that was much better than than anything I'd done before with any of my other bands, and it was gonna have. I could tell that that song was as good as it was when I first when we first wrote it. That's the the long answer, but the short version is prehistoric dog was that was that feeling that you're describing, but before that, not as much. Is it like a World Series of Poker thing where you're like uh, got to put on the the same uh, pair of socks the next day to try to capture it again? Uh, I mean, that's that not a bad secret? idea. We haven't thought about. It. I mean, <laughs> maybe we should try that. Find those underwear we, from back then, yeah. you know. See, see what happens. I'm gonna have to do some digging to find those clothes again, but <laughs> we should try that. But is it? Do you find it that it's something that you that you chase? Because I mean, that that song is pretty pretty epic. I mean, yeah. But uh, I mean, is that something you chase as a writer or? No, to, it's to kind kick of kick it off that way is pretty. Yeah, it's you're not really going to get very far if you're just trying to recreate something that you've already done. And uh, our the things that we're listening to and that we're interested in change constantly, and so that's going to affect the music that we're writing. And we can't, you know, try to put ourselves into this a mindset we were in four or five years or six years ago when we wrote that song. So can't really think about that kind of stuff. It's not going to produce any results. Where did you first start? getting into music as a as a kid well where did it all kind of start for you for me i think it was probably this kid doug green who lived across the street he was a year older than me and he made me a mixtape with some hollow notes and i don't remember what else but i remember just getting really into private eyes and uh that song just kind of called out to me and you know like no other song had before not to say that i think that's an amazing song now but it was just like the first oh, rock no. song that i really that's an amazing song now <laughs> all right I, maybe I, it is i was listening to like a like recent hollow notes album recently yeah. and that is awesome oh really yeah they haven't stopped being awesome well that's good that's good to know i was actually just talking to a friend yesterday about uh she had just been doing some karaoke and she did a duran duran song 
that she was like ordinary people. I was like, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know which song that is. And she started singing it, and of course I did know it. But you know, my my Duran Duran phase happened when I was 12, and she she's like eight years younger than me or something. So it was just like this, whatever. But it's good to know that that those bands, you know, that we identified with when we were kids, and you know that that they do continue to make good music after 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 you leave them, you know. Yeah, or or after forty, you know that. Right, right. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's yeah. like you think about like all the music that you've created all over the years. Yeah. Pre uh, 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 Red Fang, yeah. and then it's like, can I keep on doing it, or am I gonna do a pull a Barry Manilow, and I can't right. write another song after forty? Well, we'll see. I haven't written any songs since I. Well, no, that's not true. I did write. I've written two or three songs actually since I turned forty, and I think that they're actually. We'll see. I think they're pretty good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're gonna get better personally, and at least from my end. Well, I I love the new album. More than I like the second album, which well, is more thanks. than I like the first album, and I love the first album. So you guys are on the it. Thank correct you very much. trajectory. It seems, at least as far as my house is concerned. So That's I don't good. Know. I don't know if it's going to help cover your mortgage. <laughs> right, right. I hope so. Uh, eventually, maybe. Right. <laughs> well, it is so far for the last couple of years, at least. Are are all you guys trying to balance families at, with the band? No. Uh, John's married, and David has a uh, lives with his girlfriend, but. Uh, no, I'm the only one with a only one with a family, and it'll probably stay that way. I mean, as long as I keep my family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, gonna keep on putting another tour after another tour, another tour, keeping busy <laughs> and unable to kind of get too attached to anything. Right, 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 right. How's that been for you? Has it been an easy process, or is that something that you struggle with as far as having like trying to balance family, family and family and touring and, and all that? Yeah, stuff? it's no, it's definitely a struggle. There's no question about it. Uh, so we try to just keep the tours tours shorter and more time in between them that's the only thing you can really do because we've gotten to a point now where my income is is totally dependent on being on tour uh i don't know exactly how i mean i guess i could somehow figure out a part-time job and scale back on the touring but that's That's just you know yeah i mean i I need to take advantage while like you know while the opportunity is here and before i get too much older so my wife understands that she's a touring musician musician herself she toured all throughout the uh 90s with her she had a band called unwound that uh was really active for a long time and she part of the struggle she really wants to be out there touring but i'm doing it all the time so it's hard for her to you know hard to balance that but uh you know we're making it work so she's not jealous is she or is there a little no well i'm sure there's some jealousy you can't avoid it. We do homeschooling oh. in the van. Oh come yeah. on! And she, knows, uh, she knows how fun tour life can be. I mean, geez. yeah, and and how miserable it can be sometimes. So, yeah. it is the best job I've ever had. There's no question about does, it. Does that ever like cross your mind? Like the the ultimate fantasy? You know, just get the bus tour in Europe in the summer, doing the festivals, the kid there. I mean, that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, I've and we've talked about it before, but uh, I think she she knows from having been on tour a lot that. Um, having a kid would mean just that that she would barely ever be able to hang out. I mean, the, t- the fantasy actually is that we could get to a point where we could afford a nanny, you know, and that is, like, way beyond anything that is even imaginable right now. So that's, like, super Foreign exchange fantasy. students, those are pretty cheap. Yeah, I guess so. A second true. wife. That's what second wife is Second for, wife, man. yeah. Right, second wife. Face out of Utah, no problem. Yep. Yeah, it's okay. relatively central to the West Coast. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so new album is out. Is it nothing but... 
relentless touring from now on? Are you guys working on any new, new we're tunes? We're making a point of trying to write more when we're at home in between tours. But, yeah, I mean, basically the, all the way through 2014 is, you know, with plus or minus a week here or there, it's essentially, we, you know, month on, month off from now until the end of 2014 as far as I can see. So it's the, it's the album cycle we've gotten into. I didn't even know that term until... A year ago, but oh, that's what cycle. we're in. Uh, yes, the cycle, the yep. major, the major label cycle. Yeah, uh-huh. it's funny. We got Cavello Tech playing in the background, and you know, we we talked to the, to uh, the lead singer the, uh, last week, oh, and he oh, yeah. w- and he was just talking about how you know we're like, wow, you guys seem to have success pretty early on. Same thing with you know, you guys have had success sort of on, the, on a not a similar level perhaps yet, but on yeah. the, on the same sort of trajectory that they've got. And it's like, all right, so what's your plan, man? And he's like, I don't know. You know, and he's 23 years old or whatever. And, you know, so it makes a lot of sense. But, like, do you you guys have, like, a strategy, a a plan for Red Fang? Or is it just like... Well, uh, we actually have a lot of people working for us. And they, I think, do most of that kind of planning. And then we approve or disapprove of what they suggest. Uh, I have a personal goal, which I don't know how to... I don't know what I can do to help achieve it aside from just keep doing what I'm doing. But uh, I, my personal goal is to get to a point with this band where we can be sure that we're going to fill the rooms that we play. And so so that we can bring whatever support bands we want to regardless of what we don't have to consider their draw or whatever, or any kind of like business aspect of which bands we want to bring. Uh, and for the most part, we've been able to do that. But... Uh, I would love to be able to bring, you know, some weirder bands and bands that like that our booking agent and, and manager typically would be like, there's no way, you know, like that's not going to help your draw, blah, blah, blah. Like that stuff. I just want to not have to think about that at all. Uh, Clutch is the band that we did our first big tour with. And they're at that point where and have been for years where they know they're going to sell out every show that they do. And so they bring whatever the bands they want to. They don't care at all what genre it is or whatever. It's just if they like it and they like the people, that's who they bring with them. And that's what, you know, that's my current goal for this band. And if I could achieve it, it would be pretty fantastic. So who are some of those bands? Uh, I mean, I'd like to bring my wife's band out. She has a band called Hungry Ghost. Um, there's some, the bunch of, most of the bands are from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, uh, Federation X is a band that I've always really loved that goes, I think, a little bit uh, under the radar, but... Um, they're pretty hugely influential on us. Um, a band called Yob from Eugene that I absolutely love. Oh, uh, I've heard Yob, yeah. <coughs> Mike Scheidt actually sang on our latest record. Um, uh, there's a band called Wild Throne from Bellingham who are really great. Another band called Gaytheist from Portland who I love. There's a band from Seattle called Helmsley Lee that are really fantastic. I mean, we've toured with a bunch of these bands too. There's a band from uh, Richmond, I think they're from called um whores with a period on the end who i think are really fantastic that you know aren't getting maybe as much attention as i would like them to get uh that's who i can think of right right off the bat i could could probably make more but so that's a yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty solid list you got yourself a festival built up right there is it yeah you never did any touring with uh, any previous bands uh i did one tour before uh i before i joined this band or started this band or whatever you want to call it yeah, that was a goal of mine 
in my 20s, uh, when I started dating my now wife, she was still touring a lot with her band and most of her friends were touring musicians. And so I got to go to all these parties and listen to tour stories and have nothing to offer. And I just was starting to feel really crappy about my life. So I made a goal to just do what, by whatever means necessary, do a tour. And my first tour that I ever went on, I was 30 years old and I was, uh, playing saxophone with this like kind of reggae band almost or something. It was like weird, but, at least I got to go on tour and that kind of like broke the seal. And then, then like I said, with this band, the next goal was I knew that we we're going to go on tour. We did a West Coast like pretty early on. And then the goal was just like, as long as we can do a U.S. tour, then I'll feel like I've, you know, then I can at least share some of these stories with all my friends who are. <laughs> and now you got plenty of them. <laughs> more than I know what to do with. Scrapbook. I need to start a scrapbook. The vibe in the van. Everybody grooving. It's all good. Oh, yeah. It's mellow. I mean, especially now that. You know, now that we're pulling a trailer, everybody has their own bench and their own seats. So, uh, really, we all just go into our own little worlds. I mean, in the early days, it was like dangerous van with no seats and just like a plywood loft and people just sitting on carpet on the floor of the van. And we had some really good times. That was the days before cell phones also. So, you were forced to actually talk to each other, uh, which turns out can be kind of fun. But, um, you know, I think part of it... Yes, the advent of cell phones has turned people inward a little bit more. But, yeah, but uh, calling the booking agent from the truck stop sucks. Right, that's true. But on the other hand, we've also been touring together for six years or whatever it's been. So you kind of your inside jokes are tend to not be quite as funny anymore, <laughs> and, the, and the and the farts don't smell as good anymore. <laughs> roll your roll but, your eyes a little bit too many times. Oh, yeah, geez. but you all figured out like your barriers and the. Buttons yeah, yeah. you can push and all yeah. that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. We don't push too many buttons anymore. I think that our testosterone levels are falling as we get older. So <laughs> They make pills for that. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, uh, the vinyl for this album uh, came out, Chuck and I talked about it on the show. Like, I forget, how much was it? It was like... It was you, going for kind of an exorbitant, was it like 45 bucks for the... Oh, you mean that, that the, special, yeah, the deluxe yeah. one. Yeah. Well, like, what in the world? This album's got to be awesome. They're charging way too much for it. <laughs> That was yeah. my reaction. I like it. <laughs> that was our reaction, too, actually. I mean, you know, that's like... We've, of course, gotten this question a lot, and we don't set the prices for anything. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but we've they talked didn't to even re- ask you? Like, they didn't even say, hey, by the way... No, we had no idea. We're going to put but, this um, out there for 45 bucks. Let's no. see what happens. No. <laughs> we No. The first we heard of it was when suddenly there was a bunch of Facebook posts about it or whatever. Um, but, we, of course, we talked to Relapse about it, and... There's plenty of other ways you can get the album. You know, yeah. you, there's oh, no totally. one's forcing yeah, 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 you to pay yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. the deluxe vinyls. So, <laughs> uh, but it's got to be cool to see. I mean, because that was like a limited edition. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, it's got to be cool to see the response on something. Oh, like it's that. great. We I was couldn't believe that how many of them we sold, given the amount of complaining that I heard. <laughs> so that's uh, why you only press 500 of them. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, no, but they. And we, you know, we got a box of them sent out to us, and I think most of them disappeared pretty quickly. So uh, people want them, which is amazing. Well, talking about, like, you know, the advent of cell phones makes everybody sort of, like, insular. But at the same time, you know, like the advent of social networks, I know for, for myself, when I, you know, and I was a musician back in the 90s, like, we would, like, put out an album or go on tour. We had no idea how many we were selling. We had no idea whether anybody cared. We didn't know if anybody show up to the show. Now with all the sort of 
ability to chat with your fans has g- kind of changed everything. Yeah, it, it did. I mean, we we started during the era of um, MySpace, not of Facebook. And uh, I felt like I was pretty instrumental in um, connecting with people. And we, you know, we started the blog after a couple years too, but having that MySpace page, the way that MySpace was laid out with for music was just so much better than Facebook for a long time. I guess Facebook's okay now. I don't do any of that stuff, so I don't really know. I'm kind of like intentionally ignorant of how any of it works. Um, but, you know, we're to, I've tried, I'm blanking on the word that I'm trying to find, but we're in a uh, position where we're lucky enough to have a team of people who handles all that stuff for us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's really important now and a great thing that you can actually connect directly with your fans through that kind of stuff, you know, no matter where they are in the world. Like, we can actually send messages to people in Russia now and, you know, have them reply. And there's a translator that automatically tells us what they're saying. So it's it's pretty remarkable. Uh, it's almost too close, though. You know, I mean, yeah. do you want that kind of instant feedback? I mean... No, I mean, that's why I don't pay... That's one of the reasons why I don't have any yeah. of that stuff, right? and I don't pay attention By to way, it. You suck! Is, is well, because people are going to be... They're a lot more inclined to... They get fired up a lot more when they have something that makes them mad. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. must be a huge help to have somebody in your house who's kind of gone through this so much before, and can kind of have an opportunity for you to bounce off the you know what's going on in your career. Oh no, that definitely is has been a help. Um, things are pretty different though now. The way things work compared to the way they worked in in the nineties, as I'm sure you remember. Um, so that's just like the scale of things is just so totally different and you know when you sell a certain amount of records it just means something different in today's numbers than it did back then so but there's definitely i've i've uh drawn upon my wife's knowledge many many times and i will continue to do so yeah when she when she would say you know take out the trash and sell a few records while you're out there that meant something back in the right. 90s yeah yeah <laughs> yep. hey so uh we talked a little bit about the first video do you guys have the same? Did you work with the same people every with all the videos? The that, same director, the yeah. Same director. For every yeah. every video, Whitey McConaughey is his now, name. Now, where are the concepts for, for? They're his ideas. Yeah, always. really. Yeah, I and mean, we we have a little bit of input, but mostly it's just him coming up with ideas and telling us what they are. And then I think in only one case did we actually kind of pick between a couple different ones. Um, but yeah, it's all him. And we, in fact, just finished a new one, which um, we had the premiere party for it in portland but i think it's it's not hasn't appeared on the internet yet it's totally done it's just a matter of what day is awesome. it going to appear did you so, get more than a five thousand dollar check from relapse this time or uh, <laughs> i actually have no idea how much all that stuff gets handled by whitey and um my guess is that you're the only band that they're excited to send money to for the video that's budget. That may be true but <laughs> although whitey actually did a video for lord dying as well who are also on relapse so uh I'm sure that they were pretty happy to send a check over for that one. Too. I was just excited to see my car in the last video. So, oh, same know, car? I was like, dude, I own that car. Oh, wow. Oh, I used to love that car. The station wagon? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. yeah. The shagging wagon. The hell yeah. Yeah. yeah it was freaking brilliant. Rare. It was like the... the, the, the it smelled like, like milk, too. Okay go of metal almost. You know, it's like, you yeah. know, that... that, that I, I mean, that's another thing. You get to see the video every time somebody watches it. You see that clicker go up, and it's like, this is... This is connecting with people. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to see that happen. I mean, I was just so thrilled when uh, the prehistoric dog video got up to... I remember like watching it so closely, and when it got up to 20,000 views, I just was blown away. I couldn't believe it. And then now, you know, it's like 
I think if you combine all of them, they're well over two million, which is just kind of mind-boggling. You can't. Even, I mean, I can't. You can't really conceive of numbers like that. I mean, I can't for how many times people have watched those videos. I imagine most of it is my dad and <laughs> and Brian's mom just putting them on repeat. See, that must be cool too to be able to say all those guitar lessons have paid off, Dad. You know, and sort of. Yeah. Although, well, all those zero guitar lessons. No, no, uh, you never got yeah. behind None it. Of that? No, I think it's more about. Uh, it wasn't such a bad idea for me to. I mean, I have a degree in biology. My parents paid for me to go through college, and I worked in labs for a while, and then I stopped and did a bunch of other stuff and floated around. And uh, yeah, it's more about see what. It wasn't such a bad idea to abandon that biology degree. It's working out okay now. <laughs> That's awesome. We should be talking Dawkins and uh, you know all these other great biologists and yeah. etc. But. The Metal Sucks readers would say, that's absolutely another show. check yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's totally another show. <laughs> anyway, we gotta, we, we got to wrap it up. We take yeah. too much right. of your time, Thank you man. very much. Yeah, we appreciate you sitting down and talking with us. It was my pleasure. Thank you, guys.
Man, that guitar tone is definitely recognizable. Like, right off the bat, too, man. De La Tierra is the name of the band. Uh, that's not what is it? Maldita Historia. I have to say it this way. Which means? I don't I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, uh, something, it's like bad something. Something about history. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it, even in Texas, uh, my Spanish is not yet there. Is Dita- Why? Because you speak English in America. <laughs> Maybe God damn it. Dita is like teeth, you know? It's like that, uh, bad teeth. History, uh, yeah, the history of bad teeth. Maybe <laughs> I don't think I think you might it's be a wrong. tribute to the Pogues. But that's uh, Andres Kisser. Actually, is uh, is the man right there that is on that? That is a it's a super group out of uh, out of Brazil, and it's a bunch of different dudes who decided that they wanted to play heavy music, and they got to Andres Kisser to to kind of help out with it. What's it? What are the names of the other bands? I think it's um, um, Ma, uh, Mania the those fabulous Cadillacs or something oh, yeah. like that. Um, oh, cool. Uh, a couple other bands in, in Menudo. <laughs> so it's like a super group put together and it's, uh, they got a new record coming out on Roadrunner. I'm supposed to huh. actually review it for mental injection at some point. Stay tuned. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I kind of like it. It's, it's a, I was not expecting the little metal core breakdown in the middle of it. That right. was what kind of took me by surprise. You know, the, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, I, I expected that right there, mm-hmm. but that little breakdown was not, no. Was, and Andreas isn't yeah. just playing guitar, he's singing. I think he's got, well, well, it's four vocals. Yeah, said. according to this, like everybody's singing in the uh, group, too. So I don't know if he's like doing the, doing the, the sing parts or doing the crunchy stuff, but. Right. He's singing somewhere on it too. I That's a know. dude who likes to record, man. I he dude, he's done so much stuff, man. I, I just I've never I haven't liked the Sepultura stuff in twenty years though. Yeah. So it's like yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still feel bad about that. I never I, I took the Max side on that split. Yeah, I well, totally took the Max side. I mean, yeah, you kind of got it. I mean, Max is he's he's on another level. I mean, really, you go. You no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I, don't I know agree with say. you on that. That's yeah. a, that's all you can say. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. You know, that's why if if I go if I want to go see a band play Sepultura songs, I'm going to go see Max Cavalera right. or Soulfly or Cavalera Conspiracy, and I'm going to see them play Sepultura. Songs. I just wish they did nothing, but but oh well, you know. But I mean, they or play a more. lot of they play a lot of the hits though. Whenever you see them, play. I got chills. You know, I, he started dude, on Inner Self, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like you hear that stuff, and it's like, oh, man. Especially when, uh, when he starts when he starts singing. It's like, yeah. yeah it's a, Yeah. That's what it's supposed to sound like. Do you think they'll ever like. reunite? I wish, man. I've And I've asked him that question uh, in the past, and and he, he, he he's always scratch. He's one of those dudes. I want to get that story out of him. Yeah. I want to know what, what was the, the moment. You know, did, did he... Did, Andres, like you know, piss off uh, your wife or something, or what? Right. You know what happened? You know what really, really broke down and happened. So. You get the feeling that with like Max, he's never going to stop making music, and same with Andreas. No, they're both going to just keep on going, keep on, and it's not because it's fine. You know, financially they need to, or no, financially they want to. They're making it because they love making music. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. It, it's it's odd to me when a musician. Now I'm segueing, perhaps a little too obviously, to the Dan Loker story. It's odd to me when a guy says, "You know what? I'm um, going to stop." Yeah, yeah. That's the, it, it, well. It's almost like they their heart wasn't in it, to, in it to begin with, which is weird, especially because what we're talking about is is Dan Loker. He's decided to retire October eighteenth. Yeah. 2014 is Dan Lilker's last day in the music industry because he's turning 50 and he wants out. Mm. And I think that's really strange that, that a dude that's got a really good catalog of music 
you know, they call him the X Anthrax bass player, but it's like, dude, his, his catalog. Oh, it's huge. You know, Nuclear Assault alone. Like, that's oh. the, to me, that's the best stuff he ever did. Yeah. Um, SOD. Yeah, SOD. I mean, he's he's got, he's got a, truth. a lot and brutal truth, obviously. Uh, but I don't get it. I don't. I, I don't get why anybody would say I am "quote unquote" retiring from the music business or retiring from being in a band. That doesn't make any sense. Feel free to like just not do anything for a yeah, while. Totally. It's like, dude, just take a break. Yeah. Go, go bag groceries at Walmart, and you don't even need to tell me you're taking a break. Yeah. Just every once in a while, drop in and go. Uh, I got nothing. Or you know, play a 50th birthday show or something yeah. or whatever. You know, do a do do something. Or do nothing. Who cares? Right. I mean, you don't even have to. Dr- you just drop off the face of the map for a while, right. and you could go paint. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like what did you? Well, I decided to play paint for uh, George O'Keefe paintings well, or whatever. Yeah. I wanted to paint vaginas on canvas. Yeah, but okay, d- cool. Don't you think if Dan Loker is is gonna paint, it's gonna be paint a bunch of houses in Secaucus? That's what he's doing. You well, know what I mean, but still, it's something, you know. Yeah. But he can go do that. Yeah, and then come back to it or not. Exactly. That's my point. And I wonder if it's like, is it an ego thing where he wants to have everybody going? Oh, please, man, don't don't stop, don't stop. You know, that's what he is that what he wants do you think so i don't know i don't know what are the reason you would do it and say you're quitting just don't do anything for the rest of eternity no it doesn't make any difference but the the, the whole like coming out and saying oh no i'm not gonna i'm not uh, you know and, and even his statement is he gets wishy-washy and i can see you're pu- trying to pull it up so um but he gets a little wishy-washy about it because he's like uh, uh you know uh well i'm not gonna tour and I'm not going to record, uh, but uh, I've still got this other project. I don't know if we're going to do anything or not. It just gets really wishy-washy really fairly quickly in that statement. So it just I don't even know what the point is. You feel free to announce, you know what, we're not making any new Brutal Truth music in the foreseeable future. Say that. Well, you know, and wanting because because uh, in his statement he talks about wanting a little more stability in his life and stuff like that. It's like, well, you know, you didn't join rock and roll to become stable, right? I mean, that did that was not that was never the thing that it was supposed to be it was stable. Feel free to change your mind, you know. Yeah, because I imagine that guy from Fuck the Facts is eventually going to go. You know what? The floor <laughs> right. sleeping on the floor thing really does suck, and yeah, I'd rather yeah, yeah. not have six roommates. Yeah, sooner or later that does. Yeah. Uh, but but you can stop for a while and then yeah. come back to it. It's it's. Every musician. I mean, we talked to we talked to Aaron Beam, and he and the balance that 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 Red Fang has found has been you know it's the family rock and roll balance that you got to make where you can't be on the road twenty four seven three hundred and sixty five days of the year. You have to step away from this shit, or else it'll drive you fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, you can only eat McDonald's so many times before you are have the shits constantly yeah. i mean you can only do it so uh, so much so you have to find the balance that works for you as a person and it sounds like he's never really found the true balance or you know i mean if you're 50 years old and you're still touring in a in an eight passenger van sleeping on the bench seat eh, i could see where that might be getting a little old but yeah. but but you know fade into the background for a while yeah. and then come back because we all know he's going to come back totally exactly there's, there's going to be a brutal truth show in, yes in tw- you know it'll be, be a nuclear assault reunion exactly. show it's gonna, and you know what's going to happen there's sod you'll do something well maybe that probably won't happen hey. but, but still they're they're why don't you get nuclear assault on that seventy thousand tons of metal that's just an idea i think they they might have been on there before uh-huh. but i don't remember but the, but it's I don't know. I feel I feel bad for him in a lot of ways, but oh, at the same, but at the same time, it's like I just don't think he needs to 
make a statement about retiring. I think I, I think that's. But what's the motivation? Is he is he looking for more people to show up to his shows for the next few months? Or does he just want everybody to know, you know, that I'm going to celebrate my 50th birthday and, you know, I'm going to throw a party for myself because nobody will throw it for me. It's going to be great. Sound familiar? Uh, um, hey, shut up, dude. <laughs> but dick. why else would he do it? Dick. <laughs> what? Oh, just, I, I don't know. What I'm would he just do? ball busting. But I'm just saying, what is the motivation for announcing this? I think it's totally ego. I can't think of any other reason, which is the exact same reason why three to five years from now, he's going to be going, you know what? The baby is teething and I got to get the hell out of this house. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I, I get it because, I mean, it it's it would be one thing because that's the, what I was double checking here. I'm like, OK, was this an interview? No. Or was this a statement? This was a statement, statement he released. Yeah. So that that was the other thing that I was looking at is that because it's one thing if it's something like that. If you say if you throw something like that out in an interview or, or whatever, and you're just kind of talking. Yeah. And, and and it's a piece that's a blow by. But this is something he's thought about. Right. But it also sounds like he's been thinking about it for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, he's had 49 years to think about. it. Yeah. Well, but I, he's just not. Yeah. I think he's done. You think he's done? No. Definitely not. Definitely He's not. He's tired of it. I know that for sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> but, tired of hearing people saying they're quitting. Yeah. Actually, I, and I just never understood because I don't why to, yeah, anybody totally. does. It We're doesn't make, page. Yeah, it doesn't make any any sense why people do it. Yeah. yeah you just need to. It's yeah. almost disrespectful to your audience. That's the way I look at it. it it's it's you saying. The people that are actual fans of yours yes. that, that have been following you or, or buy your music that are there. That have supported you all these years, you're now just giving them the finger because you aren't comfortable enough to to, to keep going. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't think it's quite that bad. No, but I think it's sort of like, um, hey, look, you guys are all into what I've produced, but I just don't feel like producing it. it not no, it's not that I don't feel like producing it anymore. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna tell you I'm stopping. But the only reason I'm doing it is so that you'll appreciate it more until I do. Mm. This is the no more tours mm. thing. Yeah, but... Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay, Ozzy okay, Osbourne, okay. this is my retirement tour. Everybody come see me one last time. And here it is 20 some odd years and we're later. still going. Yeah, he's yeah. still going. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's what I think I, it is. Okay, all right. I'm with you there. It's I'm just the difference there. is that when Ozzy does it, he makes millions, and when Dan Loker <laughs> does, he's making, you know, it's just fifty bucks off the off the ten people that came to a nuclear assault show. Well, dude, uh, nuclear assault gonna do better than that. Brutal yeah, truth I uh, might have struggled a little more. No, I don't know. I mean, brutal truth is is brutal truth, man. I do, but it's a, but grindcore is definitely gonna be a little bit more of exactly. a of a tough tough audience as far as. Do you think you that know. the new Carcass album convinced him to shut down brutal truth? You hear that album, you're like. We're just never going to be able to do this. <laughs> we got to stop talking about the new Carcass I album. know, but do you think no, it's possible? I, I don't even want to... Not a reference of that. No, I, I don't think that at all. I, mm. I, I, it's, he did No, 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 no. I, I think, if anything, I think he's honestly just... That's one of those, you're sitting around in your underwear, you bro, you know, you wrote your last check for the last dime that's in your in yeah. your checking account. Your man, fuck this. Yep. Fuck this. I'm fucking done with this shit. I can't take this shit anymore. Yep. Why am I even doing this? I'm going to 
get on there and you start typing. Yep. And that's what happens. Stuff like that. You you get mad at the world all of a sudden. And I think if think he, about it. I, yeah. And, and I really think and I and and when you start to change a decade, when you start to you know you're getting to fifty. Uh, that's you start to think about things man yeah. i mean you start you start to rethink you go because when you when i hit 30 it's like fuck i'm hitting 30 mm. well man what's gonna happen now mm. you know i'm not 20 anymore man this, <laughs> this is what's gonna happen man i don't know what's gonna you know you start to think about it a little bit it yep. just changes your perspective and i think with the, the out that outlook coming up on him in just you know a matter of months 50 is a big number yeah, you know, especially for a rock and roll dude, fifties are really big number. <laughs> Grindcore dude, you know, if you think you're gonna be Mick Jagger, fifty years old out there dancing around, uh-huh. yeah, you know, and he's not, he's, he's, I, I don't want to say he's not at the top of his game because I think he's still playing just fine. I think he's still producing good music. It's just a matter of I don't think he's reaping the benefit that so many other people are and hasn't been able to 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 figure that completely out yet. But he's playing extreme metal, and he made that in a statement as well. He knows exactly where he's at. He's playing types of metal that aren't going to garner that kind of that kind of money. That kind of it's not that's not what it's going to do for him. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he's finally come to terms with that. But yeah, I mean, uh, he he could, he could just relax for a couple of years and then come back and do a nuclear nuclear assault reunion totally. and make make pretty good money. In yeah, it. just hell. All they have to do is just print a bunch of game over T shirts, and people just buy the shit out of them and be done with it. Yeah. You know? I, I'm totally with you. All right, it's all it's it sucks when we agree. <laughs> we, we, we need we didn't we need to agree less. We need <laughs> agree to disagree. Well, well, I'd love to get him on, and I'd love to ask him all these questions. Yeah, and then I, I want to hear from him a story he's never told anybody, and he isn't sure whether he should tell it now. That's what I want. Yeah, damn, damn straight, man. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have that next week. From uh, I think we're gonna have uh, is Pelican gonna be on next week. Pelican. Yeah, I think we're gonna have Pelican on. That next was a week. fun interview. Uh, I just like the fact that you got the fact that he is a or you got, you got his job. Mixed I got his up. job wrong. <laughs> oh, you're a mu- music publisher, right? Well, okay, that's so, what I thought he said. Yeah. So, so you print uh, you print music and stuff, right? Like sheet music? <laughs> no, I never thought that. Whatever, dude. That's exactly what you were thinking. We gotta we gotta wrap this show up, man. Uh, let's see. You make sure you find us on iTunes. Subscribe to yeah. us. Uh, all comment, that stuff. Comment, comment, comment. Leave stars, all that jazz, and uh, so, you know, pass this on to your friends and stuff. Follow us on Twitter. I am at Bearded Ape on Twitter, and I am at Godless Speaks at uh, on, uh, oh, on, <laughs> on the on the Twitbox yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm going to tweet uh, more this week. I promise. And jump in, of course, every week on Monday at MetalSucks.net. I am Chicken Chuck. And I'm Godless, and this has been the Metal Sucks Podcast.